Rupture Radio, a weekly look at news, politics and culture from a socialist perspective. I am Key and I'll be your host this week. And today I am joined by Luciana Genro from the socialist left movement in uh, PSOL in Brazil to talk about the recent elections uh, um, there, the defeat of Bolsonaro, the, the return of uh, Lula. Um, Luciana is a member of parliament for PSOL in Rio Grande do Sul and a member of the socialist left movement within uh, um, PSOL and uh, the national executive of PSOL as well. Um, so before I, I go over to you, Luciana, just a, a brief recap. Um, uh, Bolsonaro was just booted out, was just uh, defeated in the recent uh, presidential election um, replaced by uh, uh, Lula, um, a former uh, Workers' Party, former left uh, president who's now returned to uh, um, power, but very, very close, a very, very close election result, um, closer than I think a lot of people were expecting, uh, or at least internationally, a lot of people would have expected maybe uh, Bolsonaro to be more triumphantly uh, um, kicked out. But I think it was 51-49% at the, in the end. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for inviting me to be here with you. It's a pleasure to talk to uh, Rupture Radio and uh, to tell you about uh, Brazil, a little bit about our struggles. Yes, yes uh, Bolsonaro was defeated for around uh, 2 million votes, um, which is very, very close, uh, like 2%, less than 2% of the votes. Brazil is a lot bigger than Ireland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, yes. So, two, yeah, 2%. And, um, well, first of all, maybe before we get into the, the actual result of the election, obviously Bolsonaro has been the president there for the last number of years. Could you give us a taste of what life has been like under Bolsonaro? What were the kind of policies that he has um, adopted in the last number of years in Brazil? Well, first... Uh we have been in a very deep social and economic crisis uh, since uh, 2014. Brazil has lived with a reality of uh, stagnation in the economy. Uh, uh, the, pan uh, pan the pandemic has made it worse, but uh, it has been happening for uh, years, this crisis. Uh, we have a uh, very bad uh, situation in the in the employment. So we have a an employment rate of uh, above eleven percent, with more than eleven million people unemployed, um, and uh, underutilization of uh, the 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 employment, which affects twenty three percent of the population, and. Uh, also, um, very bad quality of jobs, uh, very precarious jobs. Uh, social crisis is very, very strong, uh, like uh, food insecurity. People are uh, starving, uh, mm -hmm. something that we haven't had for a long time. Uh, hunger is back to reality of Brazil. Uh, a survey carried out during the pandemic showed that um, um twenty percent of the population doesn't doesn't have uh, enough food so it's very 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 difficult the situation also homeless people you know, we have had a thirty one percent of increase 
homeless people in the city of Sao Paulo over the, the two years of the pandemic. Um, at the same time, we have uh, had a president that has made uh, funny of the people that were dying with uh, uh, because of the, the virus, like imitating <laughs> and saying, oh, are you going to cry all the life? We have to move on. Things like that. He despised science, despised the use of masks, despised the, the vaccine, also tried to uh, rob money through uh, the, the purchase of the vaccine that was uh, big news during the pandemic. Uh, and As also, in, in what way? He tried to embezzle some vaccine money for yeah, himself uh, or... or? It was discovered a, negotia a negotiation that he was, uh, not him directly, yeah, but his minister, trying to get one dollar uh, for each vaccine uh, that uh, Brazil was going to purchase. Yeah. Uh, a vaccine that uh, hasn't been approved. Uh, it was uh, a negotiation that didn't happen because the vaccine was not approved in the in the in the fiscalization uh, organs, understand? Uh, but uh, they tried to, kind of. to, to do this. And also uh, a, a very, uh, a very ecocidal policy now with our mm -hmm. uh, uh, Amazon and uh, many measures that have uh, increased the, the, the destruction of the forest and uh, the expansion of agricultural frontiers, the poisoning of the soil, uh, the disposal of residue, uh, residues, uh, the social environment impact that affects the whole population. Uh, very, uh, very demoralizing for Brazil in the international debate, all this situation with our environment too. And because just focusing on the the Amazon, the impact of his policies in the Amazon for a second, because um, I know this is a like in Ireland, everybody would know that the Amazon rainforest is like the, the lungs of the earth, um, a very, very important uh, part of, of uh, the whole world ecosystem. And under Bolsonaro's regime, I believe the uh, amount of the, he lifted some restrictions on deforestation of the Amazon, and there's been a real a boom in in chopping down the the the, the rainforest and destroying uh, um, that. But there, has there been some resistance to that as well? Yeah, in fact, he lifted the fiscalization of the of the deforestation. Uh, the uh -huh. the laws are the same. He he didn't manage to change the law, but he changed the fiscalization, and uh, it means that they could do the deforestation more freely. Uh? Uh -huh. They 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 didn't get punished. They didn't get arrested. They uh, they didn't get um, um, fined. Yeah, so it uh, increased a lot the deforestation. So he has adopted a policy of like ecocide, as you say, destroying the planet. Uh, um, I believe uh, there was a massive rate of of deaths as well during COVID uh, uh, due to the, his 
fumbled handling of of COVID. Similar, uh, reminds I'd say would remind Irish listeners of of Trump and uh, people like that. Yeah. And he also he, economically, you're saying, oh, one. Sorry, he's uh, he's part of the same uh, phenomenon that uh, is Trump, like uh, mm-hmm. an extreme far uh, right that uh, want to uh, cut the, the the liberty the, the democratic freedom of the country uh, he couldn't do it because he didn't have strength but if he got he, he elected certainly he would go further in measures to um, uh, to tighten the regime in terms of uh, democracy. And uh, he is a person who uh, has uh, said openly that he is in favor of torture, in favor of dictatorship. Uh, so he, he, is a, he is a completely authoritarian uh, uh, person, but he couldn't implant a dictatorship in Brazil because he didn't have enough strength and because the bourgeoisie uh, did not uh, uh, entirely uh, uh, cooperated with him. So we had, mm-hmm. for example, an important TV network that is Rede Globo, that it's the most important network of TV in Brazil that was in opposition to him. So he couldn't do everything that he wanted to do. But if mm-hmm. he got the second uh, the second election, he might go, go further in this policy. And economically, so you're saying that um, he also failed to deliver uh, the economic improvements for ordinary people, that there was still 11% unemployment, 23% underemployment, and one in five people hungry. Um, but why, how, how come he managed to retain such support? How did it manage to be such a tight election uh, um, yeah. then? It's impressive, really. Because, but he put the public machine at the service of his election in a very criminal way. And uh, with the support of the majority of the National Congress, so he passed a provisional measure to release um, something around uh, six billion of dollars in help for people, money in, in the people uh-huh. account uh, on the eve of the elections. Um, he also made uh, 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 he lowered the price of the fuel. Uh, and distributed uh, funds via a secret budget that uh, the National Congress has uh, invented. Uh, that is uh, kind of use of the public resource, uh, uh, the public money by parliamentarians without any transparency or fiscalization about the application of the money. Uh, he also used a gigantic machine uh, of uh, production and dissemination of fake news, uh, really in, in industrial scale, using uh, churches, uh, evangelical churches mainly, uh-huh. uh, as tribunes to amplify the strength that he already had in the uh, social networks like uh, uh, Twitter, um, Instagram, but mainly WhatsApp. 
uh, a lot of fake news via WhatsApp, saying that uh, Lula was going to implant uh, communism in Brazil, that he would legalize the abortion, that he would uh, legalize all the drugs, that um, people that are uh, in prisons would be released, uh, things that uh, are completely out of the reality. Um, also, um, he he's um, uh, during the the election itself, uh, the the process, not the day, but some days uh -huh. before the election, there were a lot of harassment uh, and attempts of the of the owners of the uh, factories and. Uh, uh, the bourgeoisie in general, uh, um, um, threatening their employers that if Lula won the election, they would be unemployed. Uh, and also in the day of the election, uh, they put, they used the federal highway policy to <clears throat> uh, block uh, buses that were carrying people to vote in the regions where Lula is uh, wow. more... Uh, is more popular, like in the northeast of the country, saying that they were fiscalization, the conditions of the buses and things like that. So they tried to avoid people to get to the place where they uh, where they vote. Uh, so it was wow, a, a, an, an operation very, uh, very big and uh, deep. Uh, to to manipulate the elections and in this context uh, the victory uh, of Lula was a really uh, very huge democratic victory we we are saying that it's the most important democratic victory since the fall of the dictatorship that we had from 64 to 84 in Brazil because mm -hmm. it was really some uh, something very difficult to overcome all these uh, difficulties to to win the election. And well that sounds like a, a a massive degree of vote tampering and gerrymandering and uh, that kind of stuff. But before we come on to, before I go on to the question of of the the Lula campaign and uh, uh, that just in terms of the support base of Bolsonaro um one thing, if you look at uh, in America, Trump managed to rally support using racism, uh, um, anti-immigrant, anti-Latino, uh, um, uh, uh, anti-black, uh, you know, uh, racism. And in the same way, uh, Boris Johnson in Britain somewhat similarly tried to use anti-immigrant anti racism as well to, uh, again, anti-Muslim uh, uh, racism in a big way to sort of shore up their support base of support and try to present themselves as speaking for like white uh, workers, uh, 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 quote unquote. Uh, um, but in Brazil, the, like obviously Brazil is a very multicultural country um, and sort of always has been. Did, did Bolsonaro have the same, did he use the same sort of like racist element or you mentioned evangelical churches? Was it more so, like just religious uh, anti-abortion, that sort of uh, um, uh, uh, messaging to, to rally his support. Yes, he uh, he he is uh, openly against uh, 
LGBT community. He says that he would mm. rather have a dead son than a gay son. He said that. Um, uh, he's, he has um, four, four uh, sons and one daughter. And he said that the daughter was uh, uh, the, weak, the weak moment of his life when he had uh, his daughter because he had four sons uh, previously. Uh, he uh, he says that he ha he's, he ha has already said that um, his son would never marry a black woman because he was very well raised, things like that. You know, wow. uh, the 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 demonstrations of racism have increased. I don't know. I'm not sure if the the demonstrations have increased or the um, reaction have increased because we have had a lot of uh, scandals during these four years of situations where people were harassed, were uh, discriminalized, uh, discrim discrim discriminated, discriminated, discriminated. Uh, because of their uh, color or because of their sexual or gender orientation. So, uh, yes, they are very racist, misogynous, and, uh, um, and uh, very LGBT-phobic, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, okay, so well, moving on then. So he has been defeated, uh, narrowly, but was defeated by, by, by Lula. Um, who was the former president as well for the PT, the Workers' Party. Um, but could you tell us a bit about, like, what was the programme, the manifesto or the, the proposals that, that Lula campaigned on? What's his alternative? Uh, the positives and the, 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 the weaknesses in his campaign as well. Well, um, Lula uh, has already government, governed Brazil for uh, eight years, and uh, uh, his successor, Dilma Rousseff, also more six years. She was uh, thrown by a parliamentary coup. Uh, mm -hmm. But they always governed with uh, bourgeoisie, uh, and mm -hmm. he basically uh, uh, showed during the campaign that he would repeat this class, class collaboration government project that he had already uh, done before. Uh, his, uh, the, the formula of the, the, the campaign with Alckmin, Geraldo Alckmin, his vice president, is uh, the expression of this um, of this policy of collaboration with bourgeoisie. Alckmin is the most important one of the most important uh, politicians in São Paulo. Uh, he has governed São Paulo uh, many years, and uh, he is a representative of the uh, uh, São Paulo's bourgeois. That that is mm -hmm. the most uh, important of Brazil. So uh, he is uh, Fernando Henrique Cardoso, who had been president before Lula, uh, that is another important politician, uh, has uh, supported Lula now with, uh, in the second uh, turn. Uh, in a, it was a, 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 um, a, new, a united front against fascism. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. how we defined the the the, the Lula's uh, plan. Uh, 
in the economy he is uh, uh, completely tied to the neoliberal recipe we have no doubts that he is going to uh, have a neoliberal uh, economic policy uh, but he has made some um, some important uh, uh, promises during the campaign like uh, the adjustment of the minimum wage uh, wage uh, wage uh, above the inflation emergency aid of uh, 600 uh, reais and uh, more uh, uh, an additional for for, for per child uh, to the families exemption of uh, income tax for those who earn up to 6000 reais that is uh, something like $500, $500, no, the dollar is five reales, so 6,000 reales. The negotiation of the debts of the people, because people in Brazil are very uh, in debt, so uh, Mm -hmm. he has promised also to do that. Uh, Of individual individual debts, household debt, or do you mean of state debt? No, individual, individual. That's okay. the people. Yeah. yeah. Also, mm-hmm. he has uh, uh, talked about taxation of uh, uh, the very rich people, of the billionaires. Um, he has uh, talked about combating corruption. That is a big problem in Brazil and has happened a lot in his previous government. And also the revision of the labor reform that uh, was a very bad reform that made the employment uh, very precarious and removed the rights of the people. He also uh, talked about strengthening the public universities with more money and more policies for access and permanence of low-income students. So... Uh, he uh, made some promises that are important to the people, to the poor people, to the working class. Uh, besides the all the the, the speech on, on w- women's rights, LGBT rights, uh, black people's rights, uh, is completely different from Bolsonaro and his uh, mm-hmm. and his. Uh, behavior. But we know that is going to be a class collaboration government and Lula has not hidden it. We know that uh, it is clear in his program and it's clear in his um, alliance with uh, uh, Geraldo Alckmin that he is the vice president. So it's in this sense uh, the there is no doubt about if Lula's government is going to be a, a very uh, left-wing government. It's not going to be. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a government of coalition with bourgeoisie with some uh, policies directed to the working class and to the poor people. And when you, you so you say that a, conti- a continuation of neoliberal policies, but what would those key, what are the key neoliberal uh, measures that you think that he, he could be implementing, or or do you can you see battle lines being drawn now that, as the like, struggles that will take place? Um, or is that not sure yet? Policy. The economic policy is a neoliberal policy. Uh, the the way they conduct and also the 
what the they call the adjustment of the budget yeah we mm -hmm. have to spend less money in uh, in policies to the people because we need a, a, a part of the budget to pay the interests of the debt, public debt huh? with the mm -hmm. banks and the speculation. So this uh, policy of adjustment that they call um, ceiling of uh, spending, you know, it's like... Uh, the government can't spend more than uh, a certain amount of the budget because it mm -hmm. has to pay the debt. So yes. there is no enough money for education, for housing, for uh, health. Uh, so it's always uh, lacking public uh, policies to uh, make better these uh, areas that are so important for the people because they need to pay the debt to the banks and to the speculators. So that's the main problem uh, in the economy. That in, Lula is, in not, Ireland, is not going to change this. Yeah, in Ireland they use the phrase the, the fiscal rules. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, as in, you're only allowed, you're, there's a rules that limit how much public money you can borrow uh, for even for public housing or healthcare or whatever. Yes, it's uh, um, more or and, less the same. Yeah. So, and he, Lula has ruled out any sort of uh, burning of bondholders, any sort of refusing to pay those um, IMF debts. Uh, is that is that an issue that the left would have raised in the past, that some of those debts should be cancelled? Or is that in, in not fact, really? In fact, he paid... <laughs> He paid all the debt uh -huh. with IMF oh, in this in his first government, and Brazil is not uh, is not uh, in debt with IMF. Our okay. debt is uh, in the in the market. You know the public uh -huh. uh, yeah, titles yeah. that the government sells in the market. That's the main debt. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. So but the bonds. Um, bonds. Yeah. In yeah. Uh, um, but that, that's where in, in Ireland, um, one of the big demands would have been to uh, burn the bondholders, as in make them take a cut. No, don't repay them all of the, 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 yeah, the money. That's but, what we, we stand for. But uh, mm -hmm. Lula has not, not uh, Lula. Uh, said anything about this. He's not going to do that. And if he said he would, uh, bourgeoisie wouldn't have supported him, and uh, uh, and uh, Bolsonaro would have won the election probably. So it's very complicated mm -hmm. the situation because yeah. uh, uh, if Lula had not been uh, um, uh, the representative of an united front against the extreme far uh, right. Uh, making this coalition with uh, the neoliberal progressive sector of the bourgeoisie, he wouldn't have won the election and we would probably be stuck with Bolsonaro. But is there not elements of Bolsonaro's base uh, and the people that are voting for Bolsonaro that are disenfranchised, poor uh, people, working people, that maybe were turned off by the neoliberal policies of Lula in the past, that, that maybe a more radical approach could have 
um, won some of those voters. Like in 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 America, uh, Bernie Sanders was always better at getting some of the votes that's off of Trump in the mid in the in the Rust Belt and those areas. Uh, um, he was able to capture some of that, yeah. Uh, uh, um, because he he had a more like radical image. Obviously, he's no Marxist or, but uh, um, versus Biden. Joe Biden would have presented uh, or or Clinton uh, presented a very much um, continuing the status quo kind of promise and didn't appeal to those people. But would there have been people like that that you think Lula with a more or it, it just wasn't on the cards to have that more radical um, we approach. we we don't we we think that we we can't demand Lula to be what he is not. Yeah, so he mm-hmm. is not uh, this kind of uh, of. Uh, left politician anymore but mm-hmm. so yes so that's the mm-hmm. the debate we have inside the party because we think that pessoal uh, shouldn't be in the government we have to be independent so that we mm-hmm. can be this uh, subversive uh, left mm-hmm. that tries to uh, get support from these people that uh, have voted for Bolsonaro because they are fed up with the establishment. They don't trust the justice. They don't trust the politicians. They don't trust the Congress. And they saw in Bolsonaro and um, a person who is external to the system, although he is not. He's is the, mm-hmm. the, the rotten part of the system. But he tried and he managed to appear like someone out of the system. So we have to be this uh, this left that uh, has a subversive speech that is in the streets, that is in the demonstrations, that is demanding the, the, the rights of the people so that we can uh, reinforce the party with this uh, support. Uh, also, uh, we had debates previously uh, what would be the role of PSOL in the uh, moment of the impeachment of Dilma, that was the, the president uh, that came after Lula that was impeached by mm-hmm. his uh, by her own vice president. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that moment, for example, we stood for the necessity of uh, new elections because... Dilma had lost support in the people because she was uh, making a neoliberal government with uh, a mm-hmm. lot of attacks to to uh, to the level of uh, life of the rights of the people. So she had lost the the she had lo- she lost the support of the the working class and the right came with all the strength to try to throw her out of the government and. Uh, and, and the PSOL uh, didn't call for elections. Uh, the government didn't call for elections. Uh, and then uh, Bolsonaro got a lot of uh, strength on this process of uh, division. Ah, Juma is good, she has to stay. Or no, Juma is bad, she has to go. And all the left stayed with Juma, including mm-hmm. PSOL. That was, in our vision, a mistake. Because PSOL should mm-hmm. be against the impeachment, but should have called for new elections because that would be mm-hmm. the democratic uh, solution of the the lack of support that Zuma was in that moment. 
So it's a and debate inside the party too of how to behave uh, and how to relate to the government now. Mm-hmm. And so tell us a bit more about Pisol. Um, Pisol originated in the in the uh, when Lula was in government before Pisol um, was a founded by people leaving. Uh, um, or leaving his party, Lula's party, the PT, uh, um, I believe. Could you tell us a bit more about PSOL and your year approach? Yeah, um, we we founded, uh, we started to build PSOL. In fact, uh, uh, in the end of two thousand three, when I uh, and uh, three other parliament members uh, were expelled from the Workers' Party, I was member uh-huh. of the National Parliament. Uh, we had a, a senator, 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 Eloise uh-huh. uh, yeah. Elena, that uh, she ran for president uh, afterwards in 2006 uh, by uh, representing PSOL. Uh, and we were expelled from the Workers' Party because we refused to vote in favor of um, pension reform that was very aggressive against the public servants that Lula uh-huh. did. Made. Uh, so we start, but uh, in fact, we uh, that was a very different situation because in that moment when we started to build PESOL, we had the necessity to affirm the need to build an anti capitalist alternative over this frustration that was caused by Lula's rapid turn to the right. Because when uh, in 2003, different from now, there was a, a, a spect- expectation that uh, Lula would be a really left government. And uh, mm-hmm. he was rapidly to the right. Uh, in this pension reform uh, was the the culminating moment of this but when he 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 put the ministers also he put a lot of bourgeois ministers uh, so uh, the the bourgeois character of the government uh, was uh, becoming clear since the beginning and we had to uh, leave the workers' party because we couldn't be in the party that had uh, uh, transformed into a manager of the bourgeois interests in the government. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had to build an uh, anti-capitalist alternative. Uh, now the the challenge is different because we have um, we are facing the extreme extreme right. And uh, mm-hmm. at that moment, there were there was no extreme right. We were trying to overcome the Workers' Party by the left, and uh, mm-hmm. but we failed. Uh, the right overcame the Workers' Party, not the 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 extreme the left. left. If you want to say extreme, I don't like very much this word, but we, we could say in comparison to to the Workers' Party, we would be extreme left. But I would be more comfortable in saying that we are the left, and the Workers' Party now mm. is the center left, center left. Or in 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 Ireland, sometimes we say socialist left, the, okay. as opposed to but yeah. Uh, and then um, we uh, now we have to be more careful because it's a different situation. Uh, we already have our independent party. We are not inside the workers' mm-hmm. go, the the workers' party. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and we have to be the uh, the most uh, uh, um, fighters against the extreme right, and at the same mm -hmm. time to support the government against the extreme right, to support the progressive measure of, of the government, but uh, to demand the, uh, the, the measures to, uh, to accomplish the, the program that Lula has, uh, uh, has presented in the election in the respect to the working class. So uh, it's a... A difficult situation, uh, and in the PSOL, there 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 is a discussion about the new government. And our position is for the party's independence from the government to defend the government against the extreme right, and uh, not to integrate it. Because joining the government mm -hmm. would mean the PSOL accepting the role of manager of capital's interests, and uh, mm -hmm. so this is a position of principle for us. PSOL cannot mm. be inside the government. But we have to uh, ha we have to have freedom of criticism and organi organizational independence uh, to uh, criticize, but also to uh, be in the social movements and organize the people to support the government against the extreme right, but also to demand from the government uh, policies uh, in, in favor of the working class. And um, so PSOL has grown, though, a good bit in recent years. I think in, this year in the the Chamber of Deputies elections, and so one of the elections, you, you rose to four over 4% in the elections, 4.6 million votes. So there has been some growth there in PISOL uh, in, in, in the last number of years as well? Yes, yes, a lot of growth. We we have now 10 members in the national parliament and uh, also in the regional parliaments. But we still have a lot to work to do because we need to, especially to, uh, to uh, combat, to uh, uh, to face the extreme right, we have mm -hmm. to uh, penetrate in the sectors that are disputed by Bolsonarism, such as the low ranks of the security forces, for example, the military, uh, the 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 working class, the more traditional working class in the industrial poles. We are weak in this. Uh, these mm -hmm. uh, sectors uh, and in the very poor people pessoal is is strong in the universities in the youth uh, in the um, sectors that are more organized of the working class uh, but we have to be more uh, deep in the uh, places that people are uh, struggling for life in the Mm -hmm. slums in the mm -hmm. periphery of the big cities that is still a lot of work to do and then finally i know i know we need to, to wrap up but obviously the threat of the far right hasn't disappeared um in america now trump is coming back in britain um 
Boris Johnson is still a possible uh, uh, return and um, obviously Bolsonaro is still out there and present and I know in a number of states he they won governor his like al- candidates aligned with Bolsonaro won position of governors and the like so what what um in the years ahead what can be done to try to face down this threat of the far right um uh, uh what what's the plan for the the years ahead to try to to stop a return uh, uh, of the far right well uh, first uh, i think uh, demanding lula's government to fulfill his promises and make changes uh, for the benefit of the working class this is uh, very important to avoid uh, the extreme right to capturate uh, support uh, from the discontentment of the people with the government. Uh, second, uh, I don't know how, but for sure we need to dismantle their network of fake news because this is really, mm-hmm. really uh, important. Uh, they have uh, uh, they have an industrial scale of fake news that I don't know how we have, but we have to to discover a way to to face this problem. Uh, we have to dialogue with the anti-regime feeling that we were talking before, that is, uh, it has fueled the Bolsonarism, this anti-regime feeling. Uh, so we need a discourse of subversion in defense of the needs of the people, uh, to build a revolutionary left that can uh, show that is not only through the establishment that uh, things are going to happen, that is necessary to have a more radical alternative in the left. We also have to penetrate the sectors that I have mentioned before, mainly the police, because the police is a very strong Bolsonarism and extreme right. Although we are penetrating here, for example, in my state, uh, I I was very well voted by the the low ranks of the police because I supported them in their uh, in their fight for a career. But uh, it's it's an uh, it's a isolated case, I would say here mm-hmm. in in Rio Grande do Sul. But we have to make this experience uh, more national. Uh, and also important is to prosecute, judge, and punish Bolsonaro and all the politicians, all the entrepreneurs and the public agents that have committed crimes during the mm-hmm. this government, violating laws and violating the constitution. So especially Bolsonaro must be judged for his crimes. And uh, we have a very bad experience in Brazil in terms of, of uh, transitional justice because we had the, the dictatorship uh, from '84, uh, from '64 to '84, and there were there was no prosecution of the the agent, public agents who have committed crimes, who have tortured, who have uh, uh, arrested people and killed people. Uh, of course, Bolsonaro's government was not exactly the same because we didn't mm. have this kind of uh, of uh, things at large scale. But there were a lot of crimes committed during his government, uh, during the, pande- the pandemic, uh, and, and now during the electoral process. And now, exactly at this moment, the extreme right is still in the streets of, the, of Brazil, claiming for a, a military intervention, 
saying that uh, the the elections were frauded, uh, and they are disrespecting completely the the result of the election because they don't accept that Bolsonaro has lost. Uh, They are threatening uh, people that have voted for Lula of of unemployment. So we have to uh, uh, go for these people and uh, to prosecute and judge and punish. This is very important for them to learn the lesson and don't repeat. Okay. So Bolsonaro is gone, but the struggle against Bolsonaroism uh, continues. Exactly. Um, well, I wish you best of luck in that. And I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of lessons for our own fight uh, um, here in Ireland as well. Um, is there any final comments that you want to, to add? Or? No, just thank oh. you. And uh, I hope uh, I have uh, uh, been able to... Uh, tell you a bit about this situation and I'm sorry for my English that's not so good as it used to be. English was perfect. (laughs) Your English was perfect and and if people do want to find out more about the situation in in Brazil as well I'll include a link to the uh, uh, statement the article uh, um, from the uh, socialist left movement um, about Lula's victory as well. Okay. Um, which uh, thanks a million for joining us, and um, I hope to talk to you again in the future with hopefully, hopefully more good news. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, okay. Thanks a million, and and thanks to all our listeners as well. If you did like this episode, please share it, uh, spread the word on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, share it into your WhatsApp groups of your groups and campaigns that you're involved in, and help us spread the word. And one final thing uh, before I leave you go is to once again mention the the latest issue of Rupture, issue 8, is out and available to purchase on rupture.ie and a number of the articles from that magazine are now being published on the website as well if you want to to read a a free sample to see what is included. Included in in that, articles published online is What's the Point of a Transitional Programme? Looking at the the transitional method um, of Trotsky and Socialists. Um, An article, The Cost of Profit by Samuel Syed, uh, now available on Rupture.ie as well. Looking uh, again at the how the profiteering of big business is fueling the cost of living crisis. Um, Saving Ireland's Coral Reef, Transphobia is the Feminism of Fools. An article titled The Seerstadt is a Neocolony and more. And also available on Rupture.ie are some new website-only articles that we've been publishing. So we have an article there now, uh, The Age of Crisis, um, looking at the recent student walkouts and the, the crisis facing students across Ireland. Um, and What Do We Want to Eat? A report from a recent uh, PBP Rural Caucus uh, discussions taking place and, and a thinking organised by the PBP Rural Caucus, looking at the question of what should a... Uh, socialist agricultural policy be for Ireland today. Um, also, finally, to plug, this Friday, maybe it may be too late before before this episode comes out or by the time you're listening, but on uh, this week, on Friday, November 11th, uh, a special Rupture 100 um, celebration uh, recording is being organised, a live, online live uh, show that everybody's welcome to attend. I'll put the link into the show description notes as well. Um, you just need to register on the Eventbrite and you'll get the, the link so you can join us as myself, Diana O'Dwyer and Paul Murphy discuss the case for the eco-socialist case for nationalizing the energy sector um, looking at the massive profits and profiteering taking place um, but also how a socialist uh, a planned uh, uh, not-for-profit running of the energy sector could could be useful for 
uh, moving towards more renewable, sustainable environmental policies and, and energy generation. So make sure to join us for that as well to help us. This is the Rupture 100. It is our will be our 100th episode. Um, so it's a celebration of that as well. If you can join us um, online uh, on Friday, the 11th of November, please do. So there's a bit of homework to be checking out and I'll see you again next week. <laughs>